Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? In which the answer to that question is Buffy. Um, to, today, um, hey, if you're just tuning in to my radio sh- to my radio show, to my podcast for the very first time, I watch every episode of Buffy exactly 20 years after it originally aired. So today, the day that I record this podcast and the day that this podcast gets uploaded to the internets um, is October 6th, the day 1997, 20 years ago, that the fourth episode of season two, Inca Mummy Girl, came out. So we're going to discuss that today. Um, So first things first, I'm going to read you the description for the episode. According to The Complete Slayer, a book by Keith Topping, who I hate. I put it on airplane mode, but I I guess I forgot that alerts still go through on airplane mode, so sorry for the phone interruption there. Um, Okay. Sunnydale Student Exchange Program brings the beautiful Ampada to town. Unbeknown, unbeknown? To her friends, however, Ampata is a mummy girl who escaped from her tomb when the seal was broken. While Xander and Ampata develop a mutual attachment, Giles asks Ampata to translate the pictograms on the seal, but she refuses. Buffy and Giles discover that the mummy has the ability to drain the life force of its victims. Buffy finds a shriveled corpse in Ampata's trunk. Giles begins to piece together the broken seal to send Ampata back to her mummified state. Ampata attacks him, also throwing Buffy into an open tomb, but Xander tells her that if she wants another life, it must be his, and Buffy pulls the disintegrating Ampata apart. It's a really weird description. I need to find a different place to get my episode summaries from, not only because I kind of hate this guy, Keith Topping, um, and I will describe for you exactly why here in a second, but... um, Let's first talk about cultural appropriation. This particular episode of Buffy has a lot of it. And whenever I was listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is the best Buffy podcast out there, um, even better than mine. So if you guys ever want to listen to it, it's really good. Um, They were just very appalled by pretty much everything in this episode. I... I have to go ahead and get out of the way my own experiences and thoughts on cultural appropriation just because I think, I think we have to discuss that. Um, Sorry, my chair is really squeaky. Um, Okay. First of all, I got to tell you, I'm just a white girl. So anything I say about cultural appropriation, just like I, I probably really shouldn't talk about it that much because I'm a white girl, so I have no culture. So every single thing that I do is going to be, I don't know, like, I feel like I appropriate other people's cultures all the time. And I just instinctually, I don't find things wrong with it most of the time. Um, but that's probably because I'm a white girl and I don't understand. I have really tried to, like, anytime somebody is bitching about cultural appropriation, um, I'm, I'm going to give them the floor and like, I defer to your judgment for sure. But I also don't think that the things that I do that could be considered cultural appropriation are really hurting anybody. So... Like, I I don't know. I I think it's just one of those things that, like, my thoughts aren't fully formed on it yet. And it's possible that most of my thoughts are problematic. But I just wanted to let you guys know where I am with that. And definitely, if you have a way to um, have this discussion with me so that I can understand it better, maybe, um, from the standpoint of it being wrong. Because, I mean, of course, like... It, it depends on what it is, but like, for example, I, I use saint candles a lot. Um, and that's not a part of my culture. I wear bendies on my forehead. That's not a part of my culture because I'm a white person. 
I wear belly dancing scarves when I belly dance. That's not a part of my culture. I wore um, an Indian costume during my wedding. Um, I also had like my theme for my wedding was Day of the Dead stuff. Um, I just have always found like inspiration in things from other cultures and I I just don't know like I just I, I don't want to be an asshole for sure but like I also don't think I'm hurting anyone by wearing a bindi on my forehead like I genuinely feel that if I were a person that had a rich cultural history if I were like from India or something and I saw a white girl wearing a bindi, like I might think it's silly or whatever, but I don't think that I would be offended by it. But I don't think it's necessarily wrong if someone is offended by it either. So I don't know. So like, I just really don't know what to say about the whole cultural appropriation aspect. I think there are some aspects of this episode that do seem a little cringy, but I also think that there wasn't any bad intentions with this episode. And yeah, so that I guess I'm just trying to like, I want to address the fact that 20 years later, this episode seems a little cringy in the cultural appropriation department and I can definitely see that but I also just I I don't know like I have been wanting to talk about cultural appropriation for a long time actually but I still feel like I can't see it from the right perspective I don't um because I appropriate culture all the goddamn time. And in my mind, it's me embracing other cultures, you know, like I basically, for me, it's just as simple as I think a bindi on the forehead looks really pretty. So I'm going to do it. I think blah, blah, blah looks really pretty. So I'm going to do it. I love those saint candles, even though I'm not Catholic and I, I just like a life that incorporates all these different things. And I, I don't think that there should necessarily be a prere prerequisite that you have to be of a certain culture to enjoy that culture's customs, you know? Um, anyway, that's just me and maybe I'm wrong. It's pretty probable I'm wrong, but, um, I, I don't want to offend anyone and yeah, <laughs> so that's that, I guess. Let's talk about the episode. So what really happens, the way that it was described in that fucking book was not very good. What really happens is that we don't actually get to know the mummy's real name. Um, she, somehow she is aware even as she's a mummy of what's happening around her because later she has memories of going to different countries. Um, and being in different museums and stuff. And she overhears, as she's still the dead mummy, She when they go, um, when Buffy and Xander and Willow um, are on like a, a field trip or whatever to the museum, and they're looking at the mummy, they're having a conversation about the fact that Buffy's new exchange student that's moving in with her for two weeks is named Ampara. Um, so she overhears that and somehow knows to whenever she is, um, revived by the breaking of the seal, she knows to like go to the bus station and kill Ampata and then pretend to be him. So we never actually know her real name. Um, something that I found very interesting the um bite me which okay if you're thinking about buying an episode guide like a physical book an episode guide to buffy get the one called bite me by nikki strafford because it is so fucking good do not get the complete slayer don't do it keith topping is an asshole 
which do I want to, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way so I can stop harping on it. Okay, I'm going to read you a selection from The Complete Slayer that is the exact reason why I think Keith Topping is an asshole, and I only keep this book because I paid for it and I wrote in it a bunch, and sometimes it has random facts that I enjoy, but most of the time it's just fucking stupid. Okay, so this is in um, the description for the episode guide for this particular episode in Keith Topping's book. It says... No fat chicks. Buffy is seen drinking a can of non-diet Pepsi. She should have a look over her shoulder at the three girls with enormous bottoms who waddle through shot and reflect on America, the land of the pancake breakfast. What the fuck is that? What does that have to do with anything? And why are you an asshole? God, I hate this guy. Okay, I'm going to move on now from that. Not that I won't ever talk about how much I hate this guy. It's just a running theme because it's one of the Buffy resources that I use because I paid for it a long time ago. Okay, so here's a perfect contrast to why Bite Me is the much better episode guide. So in um, Bite Me, the most of the description of the episode was dedicated to like a history of the Incan people, which was really cool. And to serve as sort of a contrast to what might be kind of an offensive cultural appropriate kind of episode. Um, the Inca mummy girl, her storyline is that she was um, chosen to be sacrificed for the good of her people at like the age of 16 or something. And she had to give up her whole life so to sacrifice it for her people, for their belief system and stuff. And um, what's really cool is that, let's see, in Inca Mummy Girl, okay, I'm reading directly from Bite Me now. In Inca Mummy Girl, the, prin the mummy is a princess who was sacrificed to a mountain god. This mummy was based on a real-life Inca female mummy discovered in 1995. The mummy was completely frozen, which had helped preserve the body. She was found on Mount Ampato in Peru, hence the name Ampata in this episode. So I think that's pretty cool that like, you know, this episode wasn't just taken out of nowhere. You know, they weren't just like making up some facts that had nothing to do with anything to be kind of racist and cultural appropriating. At least they picked like a real story, you know, like that makes me feel better about it right there. Um, and it was just really cool to read like some of the history of, it was just like a couple of little paragraphs about like the history of, um, the Inca people and, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was pretty damn cool. And the, this particular little history of the Inca people is something that, like, I don't remember from school and I just learned something. Okay? Even if this is cultural appropriation, if this episode is ultimately cultural appropriation, I just learned some shit about the Inca people because of this episode, because it was in a Buffy episode guide. So that's pretty cool. Um, maybe I should read you a little bit of it so you can know it too. The episode draws heavily from the history of the Incas and their practice of mummification. The Inca people were an immensely wealthy nation who prospered until the mid-16th century. Um, da, da, da. Incas ruled, the Incas ruled over Chile, Upper Argentina, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, and South Colombia, an area larger than any current Andean nation. At its peak, the Incan nation consisted of 12 million people, but only 40,000 of them were actually Inca, ruling like royalty over the others. It was partly the wealth of the nation that led to its downfall. Blah, 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 Spanish conquest. Incas left no hidden records, but there's much debate about the nature of their religion. They worshiped nature gods, mostly sun and moon. In one of the only written accounts from the time, the Spaniard Father Bernake Cobo described the Incan practice of human sacrifice, which was rare and usually limited to children 10 and under. Occasionally, according to Father Cobo, they would sacrifice a maiden of 15 or 16 years who had been raised in a convent to keep her unblemished. 
They would slit her throat or hang her or sometimes remove her heart. However, considering the amount, the author of this account was a Spaniard who probably had to convince his people that the conquest was a good thing, we must take his words with a generous dose of wariness. Um, Incas were one of the many ancient cultures who practiced mummification. So, I mean, like, this episode actually, like, checks out with a lot of facts. Like, they actually did mummify people. They actually did sacrifice very young people. Um, and the whole episode is based on a real mummy. So, I don't know. That was cool. That was the most interesting thing that I read about all of this. Um, so... There's that. Um, this is our first episode, Meeting Oz. Oz is going to, um, just, just since I haven't mentioned it, haven't mentioned it yet, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. There's your warning. Um, so this is our first episode seeing Oz, and Oz is going to be Willow's very first serious relationship. And Oz is the best. I love Oz. He is the most perfect boyfriend in any fictional universe ever. He wins. He is so emotionally intelligent and he's such a feminist and he has painted fingernails, which y'all may or may not know, but black fingernails on a guy is like the hottest thing in my opinion. <laughs> the hottest thing ever. Um, I love it. Anyway, Oz, oh, I like literally, like I got goosebumps the first time he notices Willow. They're at the, the like cultural dance or whatever. And at the bronze, which everything is at the bronze for no reason. But anyway, um, he is on stage because he plays in a band. So that's how you meet him. You meet him in his band, Dingo's Ate My Baby, which is actually a real band, only they're called Four Star Mary. So the only music featured in this episode are two songs from the band Four Star Mary that is um, in the show, it's Dingo's Ate My Baby. But anyway, um, so <laughs> when um, Oz first sees Willow, he, she is dressed as an Inuit and she's wearing like this big, like super fluffy costume and that you would assume that she made herself because she keeps talking about throughout the episode. She's like, my costume's so great. It's really, really awesome. I made it myself, blah, blah, blah. Or, or I don't know if she says I made it myself or she says some refers to like working on it or something at some point. So I'm assuming she made it herself and she has a harpoon and everything. And she's so cute in her, she's just so cute. And the first time Oz sees her is when she's wearing that outfit at the cultural dance. And he's like, who's that girl? And he's just like so taken by her. And he's just looking at her just in this way where he's just like so interested in her because she's so different than everyone else. And it just, ugh, it makes my heart flutter. And I don't do that. I don't like, like, love story type shit is not, like, I like some love story, sure, but, like, I don't usually actually have feelings for people in relationship on TV type ways, but Oz, Oz my heart, I love you. I love Oz so much. Okay, so this is also the first sighting of Jonathan. Jonathan is at the dance as well. And I was thinking, God, have we seen him before? I feel like this is the first time. And it was confirmed in my Bite Me episode guide. They said, hey, did you notice? First sighting of Jonathan. So um, Jonathan is just a super fun character that we will see many, many more times throughout the series. But he's always just sort of a side character. But it's always fun when you get to see Jonathan. So first Jonathan sighting, Inca Mummy Girl. So um, let's see. Throughout the episode, since um, Xander's super interested in Ampata, um, you get to see Willow just being really heartbroken about, um, since Xander is interested in Ampata, and like, is he gonna notice every single other girl besides me and all that shit. Um, and she actually makes like a good development in this episode. She decides to encourage him to ask Ampata to the dance because she can see that he likes her. And, um, 
she's just, that's her very first moment of like making the conscious decision to try to move on from her unrequited love of Xander. So that's nice. Uh, uh, Willow is really coming into herself in the last few episodes. She, um, she's been dressing super cute. Like everyone else's outfits are kind of like getting worse, but Willow's are getting better. So, um, I really like Willow in these first few seasons. Later, I find her, I don't know, whenever she gets more powerful as a witch in the later seasons, I find her more annoying because she, I don't know, she loses some of that, that sort of nerdy sweetness that she had in the beginning. Um, I feel like she just doesn't maintain it as much in the later seasons or they just sort of forgot about her as a character a little bit. I don't know, like something about Willow is off in the later seasons, but I really like her in the beginning. And right now she's, we're getting to peak Willow levels of awesomeness right now. So I'm excited about that. Um, Cordelia was pretty much non-existent in this episode. She was just showed up to be an asshole to Sven, her exchange student that's staying with her which where's the exchange? Like no one left, just a whole bunch of people came to stay in Sunnydale and that's it. Um, anyway, I just don't like her in this episode. Uh, let's see, what else did I write down? Um, we had to add something in the Xander transgressions list, which I haven't added anything to since like the beginning of season one. Um, but he was just, whenever they first picked Ampada up from the bus depot or whatever, um, he was being really racist. Like he said, we don't have to speak Spanish, do we? Because the only words I know are Doritos and Chihuahua. And then whenever he was first talking to Ampada, he was talking to her really, really slow, even though she spoke perfectly good English. I don't know how because, you know, she's been dead since her Inca princess days, like whatever. Anyway, um, he was just, he was just a dick. So I had to add that to the Xander transgressions list. Xander was a huge dick most of this episode. So whatever. Um, Giles is trying to prevent Buffy from going to the dance because she's the, reminding her that she's the chosen one. Um, which I think is weird. I, I thought we were past that, but I guess every once in a while, you know, like Giles has to be the person that reminds everyone that Buffy is the chosen one and she's not supposed to do normal girl things, whatever. Um, I feel really bad for the real Ampata. I feel really bad for the real Ampata because he just shows up in this totally foreign country and he, is waiting at the bus depot like Buffy was 40 minutes late when she got there so he was waiting for a long time and then some mummy shows up and sucks the life out of him poor guy damn it's harsh um let's see okay okay just looking through my notes said that already um, so they create parallels throughout the episode. Like basically the message, the metaphor slash message of this episode is that both of these women have been told by men in their lives, um, watchers, watchers council in Buffy's case, and um, by the bodyguard and all of the men in the Inca princess's life, they just told her she was the chosen one. She didn't have a choice. You have to sacrifice your life to be the slayer. In Buffy's case, you have to sacrifice your life and die for your people, in the case of the Inca princess. And um, both of them were told they didn't have a choice because they were chosen. And both of them are defying that, and both of them think that they do have a choice. And in Buffy's case, her choice is still to help people. Like even when she was, even when the prophecy said that she was going to die at the hands of the master in the last episode of the first season, 
She was really fucking pissed at first. She was really sad and upset. And she said, I quit and I don't want to be the Slayer anymore. But then whenever her friends were in danger, she snapped out of it and she sacrificed her life to save them. And she was brought back, revived by Xander. So she's, she's fine now. But whenever, so both of them were killed because in their line of duty of being the chosen one in, in their own senses. But when Buffy came back to life, she continued thinking of others and sacrificing her life to help others. Um, or not, you know, sacrificing her time in, in that sense, not like she dies all the time, although she does die twice <laughs> in the course of the series. Um, but the contrast is that when the Inca princess comes back, she is, she actually falls in love with Xander. Like she actually cares about him and she really genuinely loves him. And at first she tries to avoid killing him because she has to suck the life force out of somebody like once a day or something in order to prevent herself from returning to mummy form. And, um, like at first she's resisting killing Xander because she loves him. And then at the very end, you know, they make it extremely clear that like, you know, you have a choice right now. You can either die or you can suck the life force out of the one person that you love, Xander. And she chooses herself and she chooses to kill Xander. Why she didn't try to suck the life force out of Buffy though? Because she like throws Buffy into a tomb and then shuts the lid on her or something with Giles. Like she should have recognized that Buffy was, I mean, she did recognize that Buffy was special. Like why didn't she try to suck her life for us? Cause that might've sustained her for like a week, you know, <laughs> but she didn't try to do that. Um, they wanted to set it up so that, you know, she had to choose either kill Xander or die yourself. And she chose herself um, or she chose her own life over his is what I'm saying. Um, let's see. God. So one of the people that she killed was she had like a bodyguard that was running around trying to kill everybody, but it wasn't actually a bodyguard. You find out later. It was somebody that was trying to, that was called to action when the seal got broken because he was supposed to ensure that she stayed dead, I guess. I don't know. Um, so Ampada killed her bodyguard, mummified him in the bathroom. Cause that's what she does. She kisses people and mummifies them. And, um, Giles talks to Buffy about it, like way later in the day. Like, why did it take like, I don't know, six hours or so for somebody to find somebody mummified in the bathroom of the school? <laughs> like, really? Um, there's a ton of like stupid inconsistencies in this episode. Like the fact that, um, Ampata needs help putting makeup on and has to borrow a lipstick. Um, when she's getting ready for the dance, she has to borrow a lipstick from Buffy. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> she had a lipstick earlier when she was in the bathroom, right before she killed her bodyguard. She had a lipstick in her pocket. Like, she was supposed to only have had the clothes that Ampata had when she killed him, but she also had a beautiful dress. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think I talk about some of this stuff in the minute a little bit that you're going to hear in just a couple minutes, but, um, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of just, if you wanted to get into like the inconsistencies of the plot and different things in this episode, there would be a lot of things to list, but I'm not going to do that. Um, let's see. And Pata almost kills Jonathan. Like the first time we see Jonathan, like they could have easily, he could have been a throwaway character right there, right there. They could have killed him. Like, I, I wonder if that was their, um, original intentions with this character and they just liked him too much as a person and decided to keep him around. Um, that, that would be something that I would be curious to know. Um, oh, at one point Buffy, is um, riding with Giles in the car. They're going to the dance because they've just figured out what's going on and they need to save Xander before she kisses him. And um, she calls 
um, Ampada, Mummy Dearest, which I kind of wish the episode was titled Mummy Dearest. I think that would be cooler than Inca Mummy Girl, but whatever. Um, there's no angel in this episode. Just thought I would note that. He's not there at all, not even once. Um, let's see. Okay, I've talked about everything pretty much now, so I'm going to let you guys hear the mm minute, and then... I'm going to come back with my final ratings for Inca Mummy Girl. Hello. Hello. I am here with my Michael. Hello. And my mom. Hello. And it's time for the minute. <laughs> so we just watched Inca Mummy Girl, the uh, fourth episode of season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What did we think? Pretty good. Dexter, get out of here. Go. He wants to be part of the minute. He's walking through, Dexter. Oh, he's not. He's a mutt. I can't sit on the floor. That's grab the problem. The, grab the brown chair. Pause. So, um, it's a lot of, uh, hmm. Hmm. I un <laughs> so I understand. Well, what's the theme of this episode? What's the message? First? What's the message? So, um, I think that we're supposed to see if if Buffy wasn't a good person, she since she was also chosen, like this girl was chosen. Mm -hmm. You know, it could have gone another way, mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. Where would it have gone? I don't know. But they were both. Like it did with faith. They were both cho chosen, but they also both had a choice. And Inca Mummy Girl chose to suck the life out of people. She chose herself. Yes, that's true. Rather than others. Yes. And Buffy always chooses others. Yes. Yes, I think that was the but message. She, but she didn't suck the life out of Xander. She. She might have at, at the, the end. at the end. She she, she tried. She, the very last time she, she tried. Really trying. Uh, Yes, I think she was. I think one might feel tempted to feel bad for Xander because they're like, oh, what, just like, what is he cursed? Because like, you know, he's he's falling in love with these, you know, like the the praying mantis lady. Well, and, he likes a little the, demon in his woman. He got the he got the herpes from the lady. From that the hasn't happened tribe. yet. yet. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and so far, and it's only been praying mantis chick. lady and mummy girl. But like he. He wants to. He wants to have sex with like every female on the show. So it's well, just like that's gonna. He's a teenage boy. I understand that they're trying to, but he's just like, I don't know. It's just a little overboard. I was a teenage boy at one time, and I wasn't like obviously drooling. Maybe you, I was. I don't know. <laughs> I have to get rid of this dog. But Xander is just like. Hold, please, while we take out the dog. And pause. Okay, now we're dogless. Anyway. <laughs> I think that, uh, let's just go ahead and put it out there, that Xander was very much not likable in this episode. Not? No. Al Usually not likable. Although, I'm gonna go ahead and the, first, the first Generally. <laughs> few times I saw this episode, I, I had such a huge crush on Xander. Well, he was really cute in this episode. He was? Yeah, he was really cute. He, he was, was? Yeah, he was cute. I don't think he's very crushable in this mm, episode. No. I used to think so, though. I used to watch this episode and think, man, I wish I was a pretty Inca princess and Xander liked me. But, but you are a pretty Inca princess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good segue into all the cultural appropriation in this yeah. episode. I enjoyed There's it. There's a lot of it. I I feel like I have no room to talk about cultural appropriation because yeah. I wear bindis on my forehead. I wore oh. an Indian costume at my wedding, and it was also a Day of the Dead themed wedding. So I think I'm already a white chick that takes cultural appropriation too far, <laughs> and I'm probably problematic. But I don't, I don't get it, like. They were very offended on the podcast that I listened to of the well, cultural because, dance because everybody was dressing up as different cultures. Well, because you're when you put on a costume of a culture, you're reducing that culture down to a stereotype. Yeah, a, 
I, I get that, but I also wouldn't care if somebody took my culture and made it a stereotype. Like White when, people culture? Yeah, like when Xander was like, what are you going as, white trash? So at least they made fun of white people, too. Like That's true. Joss doesn't, you know, hold any punches. Like but, if somebody came I mean, he's, he's in, a, in a white trash outfit, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't feel made fun of. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would, but I wouldn't care. Yeah. I'm proud to be an American. But, um, I don't know. So, I don't think I get to talk about that because my, yeah. my opinions I mean, are problematic. Like that, I can understand that that being a theme for a dance in high school, but like there were some like, off-color jokes. Because the point of it was to like celebrate the, other cultures. It was all yeah. about like... But like the jokes earlier where Xander's saying the only Spanish he knows yes, is Doritos. that and, was bad. Yeah. And Chihuahua. And Chihuahua. That was bad. But it's something that a high school kid would say, too. True. So. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. So let's just move on from that. Uh, Oz is introduced. Oz! Yay! His facial hair was distracting. Very distracting. But I hope he shaves that off really quick. But I think Willow wins for best outfits in this episode because it's just you know she's. All I don't know. I was really digging Rodney's outfit. He had kind of like a, a late '90s Adidas jumpsuit with the ball chain. Who's Rodney? The the first victim of the mummy. Oh. <laughs> The guy who broke the plate. You were just waiting yeah, for the yes. most absurd thing that you could say. And very much like a, You've been holding on to that this whole time. It was like Jonathan Davis, circa late 90s. You just like it because that's what you look like. No, I didn't have it. I wasn't wearing no Adidas jumpsuits. You did too. No way. Okay. But... Uh, like legitimately favorite outfit? Yes. I like that little purple flowery skirt that Buffy was wearing at the end. That was cute. Yeah. I liked her purple shoes. I yeah, didn't notice any purple shoes. Lavender. I never noticed shoes. Alright, no slapping. <laughs> Just made the red light go off. You never notice shoes? I'm such a guy. I never notice <laughs> shoes. And I liked Willow's hat in the library. Yeah. That's so is that good. is that your coveted item? Uh, or was yeah, it the was lamp? It? The shoes were probably uncomfortable. I did like the lighted magnifying lamp in the same scene as Willow's hat. We have one of those. You can borrow it. Hey, I need one of my own. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of something that you... I'm sorry. It's a personal item. Yeah. (laughs) It's a personal item. It's my personal item. Um, I think... I'll I'll take Willow's hat. Take Willow's hat. I think my um, coveted object was Buffy's, like... Frosty mauve lipstick she was wearing through most of the episode. Frosty mauve? Yeah, that was real good. I don't have any frosty mauve lipstick. Um, outfit? I mean, is it cultural appropriation if I say Willow's Inuit outfit? No. Because <laughs> I yeah. thought it was you cute. You that as a winter coat? It was very cute. She was cute. And I think she made it herself because she kept talking about how excited she was about it and how she's been working on it and stuff. Yeah. And Oz just thought she was so cute. And when she, well, she was the cute when she turned her head, she had to turn her whole body because it was all puffy. It was good. I like the Inca chips eye makeup. Yes, with the cut that. crease. Yeah. That's, that's some good stuff. I don't think I have enough eye space to pull that off. I kind of liked her dress, too. Yeah, it was good. The big white belt. With, like, the corsety belt. I think her and Xander were the only two people that weren't dressed offensively. And Xander's outfit was really sharp. His spaghetti western outfit. Yeah. 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 With his black cowboy Like, I mean, that's a reference to movies, not a particular culture. And her outfit. She was just ink and princess. Yeah, but where did she get that outfit? Where'd she get her trunks? The trunks were Ampata's stuff that was sent from the bus station or something. That was Ampata that was in the trunk. Ampata that was in the trunk. That was that was in the trunk. I don't know how she had the dress because she didn't have anything except Ampata's clothes. Um, Maybe she mummified a woman. Another Inca princess. Was that the dress she was buried in? Because it looked pretty good um. for that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Giles. Uh, Giles. This is the first uh, appearance of Giles's Citrion car. Yeah, yeah. His his non grown up car. Giles was kind of uncharacteristic uncharacteristic in this episode because he was just kind of slow. He wasn't, you know. He's slow sometimes. Buffy usually yeah, because gets when, to things when, before he does. When it's convenient for the plot, Giles well, yeah. is not as smart. Giles got knocked out again. When, when she didn't even do anything, she just, just grabbed him. She just breathed on him wrong and he, <laughs> he passed, passed out. <laughs> so it's if you're funny. keeping up with the drinking game, you gotta take a shot because Giles got knocked out. Um, okay, so we did best outfit. What about best quote? Oh, I forgot to pay attention to the words people said. The words that people <laughs> said. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we can skip over that then. Um, could it be Oz's line? Was it his, like his only line in the show? Could it Who's be what girl? mom said about the chick? The Ika mummy chick? Oh, she's already sick burn. Yeah. Look at her, already going to the dance. She's, she's only been dance. here a week, and she already feels, already seems like she belongs here. She fits in. Like, shut the fuck up, Mom. She literally just came down the stairs to make fun of Buffy, and then she went back upstairs and went to her room. <laughs> <laughs> they well, pay- Giles came over. And then Giles came over and hung out in her bedroom. Like, that, I mean, she's not paying, she's a bad mom. Yeah. She doesn't know that there's a 49-year-old librarian hanging out with your 16-year-old daughter in her bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and Joyce doesn't know yet. She no. Left. She's like, oh, I'm off to the gallery. She just <laughs> pops up. Buffy, you're stubborn, mom. and you don't fit in. Okay, bye. She's a pretty terrible mom in the first couple seasons. I know, after she made such strides last, last episode. Cordelia was super annoying in this episode. Usually I like her, but she was being real mean to Sven, and she's just... Yeah, she had nothing. She wasn't part of the group this time. No, she didn't interact with anyone. Nope. So It's like there's no progress has been made. Missed opportunity with Cordelia. I feel like this episode kind of sucks. Well, maybe they filmed it before they filmed the last one. Or was it a different director or something? Or well, was it yeah. just a filler episode? It was definitely it a filler episode. They were still editing it, and they couldn't get it all yeah. edited <laughs> because they were working on the eye makeup on the Inca mummy yeah. check. <laughs> wasted all hands. their time on that cut crease. Yeah. Took them too much time. So, uh, would you like to do your ratings? Mmm. Mmm. Well, uh, for, um, I always forget. Enjoyability. <laughs> Quality and quantity. Sure. <laughs> or no, that doesn't work. Um, enjoyability. Um, a three. A three? Okay. Yeah. How, do, how well do you think it conveyed its message? Um, uh, the... That even if that even if you're chosen, you still have a choice. Or is it boys be horny? No, it's, it's not that. <laughs> or all right, it? hurry up, dogs are barking. We're gonna have to let them back in. Uh, four. I'm four. Sure. Four by four. Three by four. Three by four. Three by four. Twelve. Okay. What do you think? Enjoyability of four, conveyance of message, since I never know what it is. I mean. Well, I, I think I think that's the kind of thing that you have to watch it a few times before you think about those things. Seriously, though, how many times have I seen this? Twice? Uh, I don't think so. We Three can... times. This is your third time. Okay. Well, I'm But still... you don't normally pay attention, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, conveyance of message. I'll give it a two. Okay. So you get another eight. All right. So did we cover everything? I think so. I really. Oh, who do? Willow's hat. You're gonna have Willow's hat. Really we can we can make you that hat. Mm. Cool. I know someone who knows how to do stuff like that. Um. 
That's a good thing. I don't remember. Oh, who? We forgot who the most who, valuable player. Yes. The MVP of, of the it. episode. Yeah. It was probably just buffing. Yeah. Can't think of anybody else. She was on top of shit. Yeah, she was. On top of shit the whole time. Put everything together. She didn't need anybody else. And and as per usual, she had hella empathy for Ampata and everything that, you know, she was going for. She felt bad for her even at the end. Even after you know she was gonna have to kill a bitch if she didn't mummify herself beforehand. But she didn't have to kill a bitch. Still felt bad, bad for her. She got to not wear a bra to school the next day. So. Yeah. <laughs> no bra. Yay. Those we'll have to do days. shots for the no bras. <laughs> no bra yeah. alert. Yeah. No bra shot. <laughs> um, okay, then. This has been your minute. Okay. I am back with my final ratings for Inca Mummy Girl. So it was kind of hard for some of these things. Um, the quote of the episode, there really weren't very any good quotes besides Buffy referring to Ampata as mummy dearest. That was cute, but that's just like two words. That's not really a quote. So kind of the best little moment that the only thing I could think of to write down as a quote was um, Willow and... Buffy were talking in the library when they were doing some research um, for this whole thing. And Willow says, and they're, and Willow's distracted because she's very sad about Xander liking Ampata in this episode. And it's heartbreaking, but like, just a weird little side note. <laughs> I'm going to go down a sidetrack now. Um, I kind of like the whole unrequited love thing is not something that I totally get because in my mind like you like somebody you tell them that you like them they don't feel the same you move on like I guess I I guess I just don't get the whole like building up like your love for someone for a really long time before actually telling them because that would just that just seems counterintuitive to me because then if they don't feel the same way, then you're fucking crushed. Like, why wouldn't you just let someone know that you like them right away so that way, if they don't feel the same, you can be slightly disappointed but move the fuck on? Like, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I just haven't really experienced the whole unrequited love thing because, like, I always let people know I like them immediately and I don't know. So, like... I'm sad for Willow, but like, bitch, move on. Like, come on. He obviously doesn't give a shit about you, except he loves you completely as a best friend, which is valuable. But anyway, so they're talking about that because Willow's sad. And Willow says, well, you know, I figure I can spend my life waiting for Xander to notice me or I can move on with my life, Um, which that's paraphrasing. And then Buffy says, good for you. And then Willow says, well, I didn't choose yet. (laughs) So I just thought that was cute. Cute little moment. Um, The object of the episode, I always like to pick something that I would like to pluck straight out of the episode to have for myself. And in this case, it is Buffy's Frosty Mauve Lipstick, which I think I just said in a minute, but um, those are never my final thoughts, but this is my final thought. So it happened to, to sync up. Um, the most valuable player of the episode is, I agree with my mom, it's Buffy. You know, like, she, she is special, okay? Not only is she the chosen one, but she, you know, she fulfills her duties with Gryffindor-like bravery, (laughs) um, while also really trying to think of herself and still have a life, and that's why she's the longest-lasting slayer, like, ever in history, like... There's a reason for that. She is special. She is the one. You know what I'm saying? Um, outfit of the episode. I think it's on Pata's dress, which I guess if I wore it, it would be cultural appropriation. But I really liked her dress at the dance. It was just 
really pretty. It had this super wide, tight belt. It was almost like a corset belt. Like it didn't have boning in it or anything, but it was just a very rigid, tight, um, on like a tunic type dress. And she had like a really cool bib necklace beaded situation going on. And um, she had that awesome cut crease going on that I couldn't stop talking about in the minute. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like that whole outfit. She's very pretty. Um, she's a very pretty actress. And she was pretty engaging throughout the episode as well. Like most of the time she was just sweet and nice and she seemed genuinely interested in Willow and Buffy and not just Xander. Like she was connecting with everyone and she was pretty likable up until the end when she needed to kiss some people so she could stop herself from turning into a mummy again. Um, so Ampata's dress gets outfitted the episode. I did quote outfit object. I already talked about the music. So it's time for my five by five ratings. So I always like to um, rate out of five the enjoyability of the episode, just overall how much I liked it, and then the um, conveyance of the message of the episode, um, also on a scale of five. So as far as how much I enjoyed the episode, like we can't completely throw it away because we meet Oz for the first time in this episode. We meet Jonathan for the first time in this episode. And um, it's kind of cool that it was based on a real historical thing. Um, but I, it was, I mean, it was okay as just like a general monster of the week type episode. And it's something that's referred to a lot later on so like it's not a throwaway episode but it doesn't have a lot to do with the overall story arc of season two it's one that you could definitely skip on subsequent viewings if you wanted to um so yeah i gave it a two i didn't like it that much um as far as conveying the message conveying the message of being a chosen one, but also realizing that you have a choice. I think that's a pretty cool message and I think it was done pretty well. So I gave it a four. So that means that this um, episode gets an eight overall from me, which sounds real bad, but I mean, I guess it is. I mean, I don't really like this episode that much, but this is one that I don't like really dread watching, but then when I watch it, I'm like, meh. Um, so speaking of dreading watching episodes, next episode is Reptile Boy. I will be back next Friday with Reptile Boy and it is like, I think it's actually probably going to be more enjoyable than I think right now, but it's, um, pretty fucking cheesy. It's, um, yeah, it's about the swim team is being inundated by their coach without their knowledge with like weird fish chemicals or something and it turns them into like these crazy reptile creatures <laughs> and it's a very b-horror movie situation um so it should be fun we might have to do a drinking game it might be a drinking game episode next week so we'll see how that goes. Um, so until next week, bye.